Earlier this week, I woke up and I went and looked at myself in the mirror and a question crossed my mind for the first time. And I think it was brought on by the fact that Mother's Day was approaching. I lost my mom about 16 years ago. And um, so with Mother's Day approaching, this question, as I looked in the mirror, crossed my mind, what would my mom think of my hair? (laughs) I hadn't thought about that before. But I took a few minutes to actually consider that, and I came to the conclusion and the belief that my mom would like my hair, uh, just knowing her. I think she would be for it. My dad, on the other hand, he's, he's been with us uh, a couple times over the last month, just uh, staying at our house, and even this week, he asked me, he's like, so, uh, you going to get a haircut anytime soon? So I realized it bothers my dad a little bit. So the answer to the question is, no, I'm not cutting it anytime soon, because you're never too old to annoy your parents just a little bit. (laughs) So I'm okay, okay, but just just a little bit, all right? You too. Um, And and our teenagers definitely know that. So anyway, um, we'll get to celebrate our our high school graduates uh, next week. But um, thanks for being here this morning. I want to read a passage from Ephesians chapter 3. And I think this passage ties in with the story we just read and with the brief thoughts that I have this morning. Beginning in verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high And deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. A few months ago, I was uh, was having breakfast with a good friend of mine, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. And it's hard for me to believe that he has a high school senior who's going to be graduating in the next two or three weeks. So we sat down, and we had lots of different conversations, but the thing I wanted to ask him the most is, okay, your daughter's about to leave the house, and your son's about to be in high school, so how do you get all that stuff in them, in their minds that you want them to know in such a short amount of time? Because I'm becoming more and more aware um, that time moves quickly. And he said, Greg, you can't. Get everything in there. You've got to focus on the most important things. I said, well, what, what is it for you? He said, I've got three things. And as he shared those three things with me, they've resonated over the last few months and have really stuck in my heart. And I want to share them with you this morning because I think they fit for our children, for our graduates next week, and even hopefully for us as adults. The first thing is you are loved. This is a prayer I pray over my girls every night. When I go into their rooms and I pray over Morgan, I pray that she will know that God loves her and that we love her. And then I'll go into Madeline's room and I'll pray over her that she knows she is loved by God and loved by us. And sometimes in a church setting, what I've found is when we talk about knowing that God loves us, we dismiss it fairly easily. Because for some reason we think, well, love's an emotion. Yeah, we get it. We understand that God loves us. Yes, we're going to tell people that God loves them. But my experience through student ministry and even now into family ministry 
is that people either say, well, it's not the most important thing, so we tend to dismiss it, or even worse, we tend to not believe it. Well, the truth is, knowing that you are loved by God, to me, is the most core foundational thing that we can have because it shapes every piece of our identity. For these babies that were up here earlier, it will shape every bit of their identity of how they see themselves, of how they see the world, of how they see God, to know that they are loved by God. And it's not merely an emotion, but it's about living in the truth that I am loved by God as evidenced in Jesus, and it changes everything. So the first thing is that you are loved. The second thing he said is that you are never alone. This web, this imaginary web that we had out here from these strings that we pulled from our hearts, imagine that going throughout this church for our children, for our students, for one another. And the picture that creates of us never being alone. For followers of Jesus, we should never, ever be alone. And I'm learning that sometimes we feel alone. There are times in our lives where we do feel alone, but that is not the same thing as being alone. For those in Christ, we should know that we are never alone. And this has become very apparent to me over the past few weeks. April 10th, we were sitting down to dinner, and Allison, my wife, gets a phone call that her mom was not feeling well, really not feeling well. So she and her sister went to their house, went to her parents' house, and um, they ended up rushing my mother-in-law to the hospital. And uh, it's been an up-and-down roller coaster since. Uh, she's in her third, third time in ICU, but she is improving. But today's day 35 for her in the hospital. To make things uh, worse, three days after her mom went in the hospital, Allison's dad passed away. And so it's been a, uh, it's been a challenging month and few days for us. Not something we were expecting. But I can tell you this. We have seen the goodness of God in the people around us, and especially in this church. And I can't say thank you enough on behalf of our family for the way that you have shown us the love of God and your love during this time, and the reminder that even at times when we're sitting in a hospital feeling alone, we are not alone. And I've been able to point out to the girls just all the people that have served us and that we have a responsibility to do that for others. And that leads me to the third thing that Brad told me. And I like this one. It's not all about you. Sometimes we like to think that life is about us, but the truth is it's not all about us. Followers of Jesus have the privilege and responsibility to love and serve our neighbor, to love and serve others. And there's so many opportunities out there. There are great organizations throughout our community throughout Dallas-Fort Worth that we can partner with and that our church even partners with in some ways. There are people in our neighborhoods, coworkers, friends, people in our church that we have the opportunity to serve, people that we'll come across at lunch today, servers that we'll have the opportunity to serve in some way through our actions, through our attitudes, through our words. Even in our own homes, we have the opportunity to serve. That's why I'm excited about what's going on this coming weekend with Change the World. It's an opportunity for us as a church to gather with other churches in this area and serve. And I'm also equally excited that this summer we're going to put an emphasis on serving our community 
through a summer of service campaign that we're doing through Faith at Home. And, and we'll, Colin and I will share more about that with you in a few weeks. But um, we hope that you will join us in serving together. There is something special that happens when kids see their parents serving. And I think there's something just as special, if not more special, that happens when parents see their kids serving. And when families are serving together and when a church is serving together. And I look forward to that opportunity this summer. But we want to remember that it's not all about us. And in this way, we imitate Jesus. So this morning, I want to ask you two things as we wrap up our time. One, if you have children at home or if you have grandkids or neighbor kids that you want to share with, uh, then I want you to stop by the Faith at Home Center. We have Faith Path kits there, and these are not comprehensive, give you everything you could possibly do in the life of your kid, but these are just a couple of simple activities, simple ways that you can engage your kids at home or your grandkids, or you can give to a family and and do it with neighbors in the path of following Jesus in some specific ways. So just go in there. We have some specific, there's there's giving and serving, which might be a great one for for a lot of us to do this summer, Um, but there's, there's some for all ages. We want you to stop by the Faith at Home Center, pick that up, and uh, we, we, uh, that's one of the things that we gave out to our, our families that were up here this morning is a Faith Path kit along with some other things. But we want you to stop by and do that. The other thing that I want to ask you this morning is to remember the covenant that we made. These are not just words that we say on a Sunday morning, but this is a life that we live as a church every single time we come together, and even when we're separated, even when we're out in the world. That we, as adults who follow Jesus, have a responsibility for our children and for our students to lead them on the path of following Jesus. And I don't take that lightly, and I know you don't either. My experience at Greenville Oaks has been that this is a church that loves our kids, that loves our students, and wants to see them grow in faith, and wants to see them live lives of faith. We had a great example this morning with Chris baptizing Barrett. One of our goals, when I think about this web earlier, one of our goals as a church is for every student, for every child to have at least five adults who are showing them what it means to follow Jesus and to love Jesus in their lives. That doesn't mean they meet with them daily, but we want connections between each student and each kid with five God-fearing, Jesus-loving, life-living adults. And you are a part of that. So take this covenant seriously. Let's love and support and encourage these children and these parents and these families, and let's do that for one another. What it comes down to is we want our kids to know, but we also want our adults to know. And I want to know and remember and live every day knowing I am loved. I am never alone. And it's not all about me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the example that he sets for all of us and we want to be like him. May we as a church, in our words, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our actions, do everything we can to support these parents and to see every child and every student that comes through these doors at Greenville Oaks or that even comes around us 
choose to follow Jesus and give their life to him, not just in the moment, but for the rest of their lives. And that's a big task. But God, we believe that you will give us the power to do that. We pray protection for our children and for our families in a world that is increasingly coming after them. And God, protect our marriages, protect our parents, protect our students and our children, protect our homes. May we remember that we are loved by you and by others, that we are never alone, and that it's not all about us, but we get the opportunity to share your love with others. And God, thank you today as we celebrate Mother's Day. Thank you for our mothers, for our grandmothers. Thank you for the women of faith who are mothers in faith. They may not be our actual mothers, but they have set examples for us, for our children, of what it means to be a godly woman. So thank you for them and bless them, bless all of our women today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.